0: Hey, hey, and welcome back to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Okay, you're in for a real treat today. I sat down with Rob, who's a young whippersnapper who joined the recently formed Alphabet Workers Union, aka the new union at Google. Part one of his fascinating journey is a look into what life is like for a community that doesn't exist in most people's popular imaginations. That is, the poor, working class of Cape Cod that lives in fear of April. We've got an esteemed guest today. How did I come to know this gentleman? I'm super glad nobody asked me. Um, <laughs> got to know him through a wild hoe named Ben that I used to live with. He's a dear friend of Ben. Did I aggressively, verbally harass today's guest? Just about every time he was over here during the primary, I did. I rolled up on him like he owed me money. I needed to know about his voter registration status. I needed to know about who, what his voting plan was and who he planned to vote for. He obviously said the right thing and that's why he's on my couch today. (laughs) Uh, Union strong talk to me about your early life yeah
1: early life um yeah young rob that's the name i feel like i've like carried with me for a (laughs) while i don't know exactly (laughs) why i feel like maybe just comes out of like being like this little this little dude with like just too much energy Mm -hmm. and that like like feel like i always need to just like i don't know mouth off to whoever there's like just the one level up either like a little bit older or whatever i feel like i gotta just get in there and like make a mess of it and so (laughs) you know maybe it was affectionately maybe it was trying to like you know keep me in my place but young rob was definitely a name that i like got early on um but yeah so like so i guess all the way back at the beginning.
0: like, tell me about your family, because Ben yeah. said there's an interesting family story there. I guess so,
1: yeah, okay. So so I grew up on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, mm. which um, I think, I, I know, <laughs> see? Okay, that, and that's, that's the part of the story that I feel like I've just, like, been dealing with my whole life. But <laughs> I didn't realize when I was really young, just that, you know, Cape Cod's a, a place, capital P. Like, people on the East Coast freaking go vibe on the Cape mm. with their vibing money. <laughs> and like and and like so yeah, so I just kind of grew up in this place, living full time mm. in a place where most people and most people's imagination of the place is this like summer paradise where uh-huh. they go and they hang out on the beach. They in summer and homes. summer Yeah, is a summer verb. is a verb. That's correct. And like yeah. And so like I think that this is a you know uh, the fact that i knew of the fact that summer could be a verb mm-hmm. despite not knowing how to do summering <laughs> as a verb myself i think was like a weird a weird contrast that really defines yeah. like this upbringing and so like uh, yeah my 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 dad's a bartender mm-hmm. and he's been in the service industry for his whole life mm-hmm. and like my my mom was mostly in like various different incarnations of service tourism throughout growing up as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And so, like, very much I grew up as the, I don't know, as as part of what the behind the scenes that makes the Cape the place that people Uh, want to, like, you know, to do. Your
0: your family made the fantasy of the Cape possible. Yes, exactly. Uh, And,
1: like, and I think that that's, like, a lot of, you know, I don't want to take credit as if my family is making the fantasy possible. But, like, you know, there's a whole there's a reality yes to it. and yeah. like and that, that is for the most part the people who live there full time there's you know the, the vast majority of the people i went to you know middle and high school with like their families are in service in some capacity or trade work or whatever yep. and so they're like the winter population is very different than the summer population mm-hmm. and can i ask a
0: question yeah during the summer were the the Permanent population there. Do you guys kind of retreat? Like, do you guys leave when...
1: Like, no, no. Okay. Like, that's the thing. Because we, like, we, the people of Cape Cod, like, we, <laughs> we, we the, you know, interesting relationship that plays out in a lot of, you know, a lot of different places in life. But, like, we depend on tourism yeah. to survive. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, that summertime is the time that... We try to get our peace, you know. Oh, okay. Everybody comes Everyone's to hustling. do their thing, you know. And it is that time that we need to work to get the tips from these people I that see. are coming in and enjoying their vacation. Mm-hmm. That we are wiping their tables and bringing them their food and kissing their ass mm. just so that, like, so that hopefully we can just, you know, get... Enough from their grace Mm. that we can survive Mm. through the winter. And so really it's kind of this like really just bipolar existence where the summer is this crazy frenzy of forest activity all over the place. Like the town that I grew up in, Mm -hmm. um, East Ham. So uh, Cape Cod's sort of like an arm we love having this map of (laughs) of our home that we take (laughs) around everywhere. And Mm -hmm. so I'm all the way out on like the forearm. Mm -hmm. Um, And really I think as you get farther and farther out on the Cape – feels like the bigger the contrast gets hmm. between like the summer population and the and the winter population. Can you
0: describe what you mean?
1: In that like the population in the winter gets smaller. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit cozier. You're farther and farther from like, you know, the real part of Massachusetts that actually, you know, is Boston suburbs and the, you know, the South Shore, Tawny. all of this area where there's like, you know, shit that feels like normal things. <laughs> shit. Um and then, as you get farther and farther out, it's like more kind of sleepy. There's less going on, mm-hmm. and there's less of a reason to be out there unless you're just vacationing, mm-hmm. or you happen to be the people who survive based off of the people yeah. who vacation out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, my town is something like I think the, the year-round population is like fifteen hundred or two thousand. Wow, like wow, wow. it's like quite small, mm-hmm. um, but the summer population is like over ten thousand. Wow, wow, wow. So it's Just this huge, like, you know, swelling situation Mm -hmm. where, once again, the summer is this just desperate, you know, running all over the place trying to, you know, just work as hard as everybody can Mm -hmm. because in the winter we won't have this opportunity to really, like – you know, service dies down. Like yeah. most restaurants close yeah. all winter long. There are no like you know water based tourismy <laughs> things. Which in
0: the dead of winter. Yeah, in
1: the yeah. dead of winter, and sure. so like you know there is. I mean, so you know one crazy aside. So when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, my mom's uh, whole dealio was uh, a, a pirate ship. She <laughs> had a so she had a pirate ship. So like you know like what like an was actual a, like a dead ass like ship like a dead ass ship, and so like. <laughs> Yeah. So like, you know, my mom at this point uh, was was a small business owner, mm-hmm. like had this little fucking boat tricked out. How
0: did mama get a boat? Uh,
1: well, uh, debt is 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 a good start. OK. Um, and I think part of it was like, I don't like what's the full story? So I, I was born in Florida okay. because my um, parents were both in the service industry down in like Fort Myers and Captiva Island area. Like they were bartending and shit out there. My Mm -hmm. mom was doing some other kind of things, helping out rich boat people doing various things that the rich boat people don't want to pay or don't want, will pay other people to do for them. So like, you know, be rich people, get their boats built. And then somebody's probably got to go sail them over to them. Something like that. My mom grew up in, uh, like Kenny Vonkport, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it kind of was similarly like around this type of scene. New, you know, like had a similar enough upbringing where there's this contrast. You see that there are the people with all the money, and if you kiss their ass, well, mm-hmm. you you can also get by. They uh, will give you enough to, you know, yeah, you can earn the right to survive by um,
0: from their crumbs. Yes, from, from their, their crumbs, largest,
1: and. Yes. Um, and so my dad um, was doing seasonal kind of um, – he, he was following the tourist season to, he also to be a bartender. Um, no, he's from, uh, I don't know, all over the place. He's one of ten. The family was gotcha. all kinds of crazy. They moved around at different points. I think most of our families in Ohio right now, but mm-hmm. really all over the place. Sure. Um, but yeah, my dad was going back and forth following the tourist season in Florida, then coming up to the Cape in the summer mm-hmm. when everybody's like okay to go north and then going back down south. I was born and then they were sort of like, hey, maybe we should go to a quieter ish place and like, you know, following the tourist season and living a, you know, just nonstop bartender life is probably not the best way to raise sure. a child. Sure. Um and so then they just switched to the we'll do that one season a year and just try to vibe the rest and see if we can <laughs> we can hang in there. So mm-hmm. my mom first got like a job driving a pirate ship that this other guy had. Some uh-huh. dude had this crazy idea to just make these little boats decked out like pirate ships and then do these like funky little tours for like, you know, three to ten year old kids Mm. of the wealthy New Yorkers coming to vacation on the Cape Mm. uh, and give them this whole, you know, wonderful adventure. Um, And then, you know, my mom did that for a while and then ultimately like this guy was trying to expand, franchise out the situation and selling pirate ships and my mom, you know, kind of always having that dream like, oh, maybe one day there will be the thing I just got to do it and then I will get the money and I won't have to like you know, again, like, just live this constant chasing Hustle. of the whatever. That, yeah. like, having her own business would be some sort of a, you know, way out of this. And um, it was, you know, it it was cool for a while. Like, we got, you know, it, it worked. We were able to, for the most part, like, make it through the winters based off of what we could do in the summer. Giving these kids these funky tours. And, like, you know, just having this weird little way of mm, siphoning off some of yeah. this um tourist people money into a pirate pirate small <laughs> yeah, business we were, you know we were we were pirates we're <laughs> out here like literally we're pirates um, sure and it was uh it was like uh, you know a whole a whole ass thing and that was great up until like 2008 hiya um, yeah and so it was right around then hey. that everybody just took like a year off of going to the cape
0: Every, all the like, rich people. I mean, not
1: all the rich people, but, like... It wasn't there was the same was a palpable volume. decrease in the volume over that one summer. Like, Whoa. it was, like... And it hit a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a... You know, like, one, like... Like, I knew many people who had their homes foreclosed on, just, like, in the whole underlying, just, you know, whatever... Of the permanent uh, population. Yeah, of the, of the, Cape the Cape permanent World. population. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And at the same time, like, the people who whose money we relied on to survive there cut back just enough that it felt you felt it. Yeah. That we felt it. And so like at that moment, like the, you know, there was a, this coincided with a a landlord of the, um, you know, the, the, the dock that the pirate ship was operating out of realized that we were like, you know, some, we were making enough money to survive. And, you know, being a landlord was sort of like, great, I would love some of that. And Mm -hmm. so, being the only one around, like continued to just jack up the rent until Whoa. we could, you know, like hardly still stay there. We had to move to a different dock in a different place. Around the same time there was You this mean
0: you mean the landlord of where the the boat. pirate ship was? Yeah. Gotcha gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah the, okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, you know, we landlords can figure out anything to rent to you, yeah. including um, right. you know just uh, the floating wood in the water. <laughs> yeah, um that's right. that, you know, pirates need to do their pirate <laughs> shit. That's right. Um and so the thread of the story is, you know, really all no, over the no, place no, here. Sure. But um, we made the decision at that point to sell the pirate ship. Yeah, it was a, a huge-ass bummer because it was just that, like, one summer of mm-hmm. kind of, like, missing it. Not making, you know, not, not having enough to carry us through that next yeah. winter that really just threw everything into this crazy uncertainty. And then mm-hmm. the next several years, my mom was just kind of, like, hopping around trying to find all of these different, like, you know, what are... Odd jobs and different things mm. that you can jump onto that will let you
0: Earn keep some on going. She money, yeah. tried to
1: become a hairdresser at one point and that was like a whole thing. Like, you know, took out student loans to go to cosmetology school yeah. and try to get that whole thing done. You
0: have to build a book of clients. Yeah, it's exactly. A volume game. And like yeah.
1: you know, especially when the the seasonality really yep. hits every single industry. That's it's right. so hard to build up something when you only have two and a half months a year, when you know that there's enough yeah, of a stream of anything to like, mm. you know, build up whatever the heck you want to do. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, there were other times like, you know, there's a lot of retirees on the cave. So my mom was trying to do stuff where like, you know, she was taking care of old, like, you know, being like an in-home kind of assistant yeah, yeah, for yeah. various um, elderly folks or, you know, try, trying to do like, I'll come to your house and do your haircut there yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. stuff like that. And just um, we're subject to the whims of the people who, come there to grace us with their presence Mm. and their... um, Riches. Yeah, and their riches. And I think that that was a thing that I didn't really register and, like, that I grew up with not entirely registering the significance of the inequality until, like you know, it, it, until I got a lot older, like I was, you know, here, here I am, like, you know, similarly in the summer getting to hang out with all the rich kids and mm-hmm. like play around. Like I, um, you know, I, I took sailing lessons at this, hmm. like, you know, local little young club and also not really having a great sense of like young club, like this, <laughs> what the hell? Right. And, um, you know, and I did maybe like, I was aware of the fact that we couldn't, that it was very a thing to be able to like pay to take these lessons or to do anything like that like it was a whole like oh i don't know like maybe we can do like two weeks of this or something like that mm-hmm. or like ah yikes yikes whatever like um and ultimately like i was able to keep doing this by getting a job teaching sailing mm-hmm. and so like then at this point like i am teaching the 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 kids who come vacation on the on the cape mm-hmm. and um like it, it, it uh, just like I don't know. It's all just kind of like this big mess in my head of all of these, like, just different scenes Mm -hmm. that, in retrospect, I can realize are just pictures of two distinct classes (laughs) living here. And that the ones, that half the people, don't see the struggle that is, like, you know, April. Mm -hmm. April on the Cape is when... Everybody's money runs out mm. and it's still cold, mm-hmm. and like there's no you know what and i and you it is interesting to just like to know that the only reason that these people enjoy coming here Mm -hmm. is because we put on this show for them. But to ultimately not... to struggle to even be able to stay there. That, Mm. like, the demand for the tourist experience Mm -hmm. drives up the price of housing, drives up the price of everything else. People are buying second homes and pricing out the people who do the work to make it their playground. Yeah. I think that just kind of like was something that really infused into like my ethos growing up that I slowly started to resent this difference more and more as mm-hmm. I realized just how different their lives were. Like that, like, you know, just from the little things of the New York license plates, not stopping at the crosswalks. Huh. you're just like, Oh, fuck out of here. Like, you know you like you're that you can feel the coming the imposition, our, yes the imposition uh-huh. and that at the same time that this is what we dreamed we maybe could be too, like it was uh-huh. like this same like we got to live alongside the rich in the summer, mm-hmm. like yes, we were hustling and like you know working two jobs and doing all of this thing, but like you know, we got to for a moment share that kind of a like
0: you know the same rarefied air exactly share this
1: rarefied existence and then but then it goes away and then it goes away just that quickly yeah and then you've got you know just depression and all kinds of other shit that comes with that i mean like there's probably like you know all kinds of just coverage of just like you know the freaking like alcoholism and you know opiate problems that happen in like you know the south shore of massachusetts and the cape in the winter and i think a lot of this comes again from this really seasonal yeah existence that uh is a bummer and like you know we we felt it mm. and at the same time I became aware also at a young age because I was a little bit of a nerd mm-hmm. I like to read my math books mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there was kind of this alternative narrative that started to get pushed in in like my young life which was they noticed that I liked the math and could add things up okay like mm-hmm. they were like ooh. gotta hang on to that Uh do that Uh because that's a thing that will get you out like Uh this is a ticket you Uh know Uh like you have this thing Mm -hmm. um whereas like you know a lot of there's a lot of people just like that i grew up with that were multiple generations on the cape like you know their parents are in service they end up doing the same thing because it's really easy to kind of just get stuck in that loop like it's similar sort of thing happened to like my dad not in the same like exact context but in like you know, he started in service when he was young as a way to help pay for trying to go to uh, college, but ultimately dropped out and stayed in bartending and never really let like never had this kind of like alternative path mm. to go do something else. Mm-hmm. Like it was sort of like, okay, well, I I'm can making do this money this doing... this is this is this is getting me through the shit right now. Yeah, but there's no path that goes anywhere Mm else out of that Mm -hmm. i don't know um as you were growing up as a part of the
0: permanent population on the cape like do you have any are there any particular stories funny little stories or memories that come to mind of like everybody hustling in the summer versus like you know they kicking back and kind of just like trying to piece out what they've made like do you have any particularly fond memories or anecdotes about that
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, it's the winter memories that stand out a lot more. You know, like, the summer feels like it was, like, always a bit of a blur. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. it just happens. It's going nuts. Mm -hmm. Everybody's working, and then it's over. Mm -hmm. And then you finally have a second to evaluate what happened in in the winter. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, we heated our home with uh, wood Dude, like we had a wood stove mm. in the house no um, central heating uh we, we we had like central heating but oil's really expensive yeah. and so we like wood was cheaper there was yeah. wood around that we could get and mm-hmm. so you know like the the winters was this kind of really nice arc of in the fall my mom would have us all go out and chop and stack the wood we'd Whoa. get a giant pile just mm. delivered and like you know, she'd be like, good things come to those who work hard. Like Mm. go stack this wood and like, (laughs) you know, I will reward you and sort of this sort of reward you you with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll reward you with, um, yeah, not being fucking freezing cold. Um, and, uh, then, you know, that would get later into the winter and the, you know, this is just going longer and longer without any kind of consistent income. Mm -hmm. At some point we run out of wood, but usually that's around like April ish. Mm -hmm. And, Usually at that point, not trying to buy more freaking wood, right. but we still got to heat the house a little bit because sure. it's still cold. And so then we'd get really resourceful mm-hmm. and like, you know, there's old fences and behind the house and shit or something like that. We'd go take those and chop them up and throw them in there. Like yeah. I remember I got this one great memory of a of an old chair that we had that like my mom got... Frustrated at because one of the like, you know it was starting to get all wobbly and falling apart, and she used to get outside and just smash the shit out of it, and Whoa. then we burned it and um, kept us warm. But
0: when you say, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. When you say no or little income during the winter, like what do you mean? Like quantify that for me. Is that like literally? no income or just like very like you just or just odd jobs you can take here and there odd jobs here and there okay so, so nothing sort of like, like consistent yeah
1: nothing like consistent gotcha. i mean like my dad you know was fortunate enough to work at restaurants that stayed open in the winter mm-hmm. so like he was able to you know have some sort of a something but you, there's not nearly as many people going there like yeah, the yeah, tips yeah. are you know Minimal. mostly just the locals who 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 keep coming into the few local restaurants that mm-hmm. are around and you know this the uh, obviously servers don't really make salary that makes no, any sense, no, no, so like no. you're only you know you're you're being paid below minimum wage, mm-hmm. and it is only through the fact that you get tips that you know make up to at least minimum wage right. that you are allowed to even you know get. Paid so little sure. in that context.
0: This was not an option. Like this wasn't some. This wasn't cute. This was like this is in order to survive. Everyone hustles and makes the most of their fucking money mm-hmm. during the summer, mm-hmm. and then we have to be really precise and stretch it for the rest of the year because that is it.
1: Yeah, I like you know, and I I don't think I could necessarily. Like, I, I'm not sure that this was the experience that everyone who lived sure, there sure, year-round sure, sure, sure. had. Like, I know that there's plenty of people who had, like, more consistent-ish jobs. But, like, or, you know, not ish, but, like, you know, like, yeah, trade yeah. work, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, there are plumbers, et cetera. Electricians. Like, but sure. Yeah, but at the same time, even all of that work, like swells and then ebbs in the winter you know it's like the the, the tide you know it rises and falls we love all them you know nice little freaking beachy analogies to understand everything but
0: you have the language now and mm -hmm. you have an understanding of class difference now what how do you think you thought about your family's station as a child like did you have an under what was your understanding of that as a child
1: my understanding at the time had nothing to do with class. It was just around, like, we do some cool, interesting shit. I got you. And, like, and then, like, you know, like, oh, my dad works nights, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I guess, so there was another interest or significant piece, is that my dad briefly opened a coffee shop. He, too, kind mm. of wanted to... You know, again, like, this dream of being in service, I feel like, is, too, that, like, the, the the up, the thing that you could aim for is maybe one day being the owner. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, that yeah. you can have your own thing. Yeah. And that maybe you would have to, you wouldn't have to do the same grind. You wouldn't be working, like, you know, as you, you know, you're not selling your labor to mm-hmm. someone else. Sure. You own your own means of production here. Yeah. And... Um, However modest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And so, like, you know, like, my mom and dad, like... Take out a bunch of loans, tried to buy this, you know, little coffee shop that wasn't doing well and Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of try to transform and say like, okay, I can do, this is my dream. I want to have a little coffee shop and finally, you know, get my little piece, just be able to, to vibe. It was a nightmare. Like, really? my dad worked, like, you know, like, 100 hours a week just trying uh, to bust fucking in his ass. get this place going, busting his ass, like, wrangling high school kids to try to, you know, be baristas and shit like that, yeah. and, like, you know, and just the amount of stress that he carried during those, like, Oof. five or six years was yeah. insane. Like, mm-hmm. I hardly knew my dad during this period wow, wow, of time wow. like my sister. how old were, were you were, during the coffee shop epoch? coffee shop days the shop days were like seven to twelve i want to say like mm-hmm. i think i was seven to twelve my sister was like five mm-hmm. so, you know ten and um yeah we did, like did this did, did did the coffee shop epoch
0: come during before or after the pirate ship
1: overlapped a little bit and okay. ended around the same time. I Like 2008? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that that was similarly when, yeah, maybe if I'm doing the math right. Yes, right, okay. right around there. I think that was when, you know, I'm not sure if it was directly related to that really or if that was just when my dad finally had enough and like, you know, freaking got out, sold the coffee shop, like, ad- like you know, net loss. Did yeah, not yeah, come yeah. out with any yeah. freaking, like, you know, we we'd survived during right. that time. Right. But like, there was no profit made on this endeavor there was just a lot of sweat a lot of sweat and stress and uh Yeah, I mean, like you know, the one pro that I look like look at at the other side is I feel like well, my, you know my dad was under so much stress just trying to keep this shit alive that after he came out of that he was just like the most loosey goosey motherfucker in the right. world, like a big ba- <laughs> like a tree you try to bend it all the way over yeah. and like you know then you finally let it go and it's just like whoa, <laughs> so like that's pretty cool. But like you know again like going back to your original question like how am I conceiving of this, this is all to say I'm not thinking about it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. way in any mm-hmm. way. You're I'm just a your child. Yeah, I'm a child. I'm vibing here sure. like just looking at like wow we got some hustle going on on mm-hmm. all different sides mm-hmm. i'm not really psyched about what it does to my dad because he's grumpy sure. and like you know i end up spending a lot of time just like sitting in this coffee shop late at night as he's trying to like sweep up and do all of this shit and count the money and like whatever and mm-hmm. then um i'm just sort of like you know can you stop that can we just like freaking go home at this right. point can like why just do we chill? yeah just chill like why can't we I don't know. Do you have to go in the shop in the morning too? Do you have to close it and open mm. it and then close it again mm. and open it again? And mm. like, I know, you know, so like I can feel that it's stressful mm-hmm. and that it's a bummer mm-hmm. and that like my parents are stressed about money. I think mm. there's one thing that my mom like is, Like, you know, look at when we've talked since, she's like a little bit like, damn it, I let that bleed through a little bit too much to y'all. That like financial anxiety was something that you guys could feel. And like, you know, she's like, I wish I had done a better job of not letting you feel that. But like, it's hard. It's just what it is. Like, it's hard not to notice that that's what's going on when it has this like lurching you know, like Mm -hmm. rhythm. to it. Like it's one thing to be in a constant state of low level, you know, whatever. But when you can really feel the difference between like, okay, the summer's doing all right. And then we get to May and then just like the, the, you know, the steam runs out Mm. and it becomes this like, Oh shit. All right. We just got to make it through this month and then hopefully we'll get it up going again and and then it'll, and then we'll make it. Yeah. 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 But again, just like that, um, how do you? You and you can tell me fuck off if I'm
0: getting too close to your business. But did you? Do you? How do you think your experience of your experience of your parents' relationship with money and you know hustling to have it, have enough of it to take care of you guys themselves? Blah blah. blah how do you think that has um, you? You have you internalized that? A. B. If so. If so, how? Like, how does that, how uh, does that... A, no mm -hmm.
1: fucking doubt. Like, (laughs) yes. um, Uh, And, like, I think that that was another thing that, like, kind of affected, you know, going back to that point about, oh, I realized I had this, like, math thing and could grind on that. mm -hmm. And that was, like, you know, a thing which was... I think a way that I internalized and like redirected this kind of shit is like, mm. I could perceive that there is stress that we are worried about things. And I think from a young age, I internalized that as like, okay, well I need to take care of myself and make sure I'm not an additional burden here. Huh. I want to try to make sure that I can take care of myself. that the mm-hmm. my parents don't have to worry about like any of that shit. I'm going to just go sit over here and read a book like that. Mm-hmm. You freaking take care of the coffee shop. I can tell you're stressed. I'm just going to read this book over here. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, both as like a I am avoiding this and not trying to deal with it, and <laughs> also like, hey, maybe this will be my ticket out one day because I read book real hard, mm-hmm. and like, um, yeah, and so like, I think that again, there was this idea that I'm on a mission to make my family not have to stress this much, and like, and I I don't know how much I. Consciously felt it like that Mm -hmm. at the time but that's what i look at now like that is what young brain was actually feeling Mm. was like i need to go grind because this is whack Mm. and like maybe there's a chance that we won't have to grind in this same way Mm -hmm. if you know, again, like buying the meritocracy thing, mm-hmm. being like, yeah, all I got to do is just work the right amount of hard. And like, same thing with my mom. She was constantly like, you know, I just got to find that thing. Then we're going to, we're going to friendly be rich. Like That's it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's this pirate ship, maybe it's some other shit. <laughs> you know, after the pirate ship, there was this whole phase of like several freaking, you know, multi-level marketing sure, kind of things. Sure, sure. Like just all of these, like, mm, we just need that Just that one thing. That one thing. Just that one and, come like, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm sort of like, mom, that's dumb as hell. Like, stop. This. Like, like don't fucking do it. And she's right. like, no, look at this. Look at these stories. Right, right, People right. fucking made it. This right, is right. it. like you, yeah. She's like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. I'm going to be this. Yeah. yeah My mom yeah. would say that a lot too. Mm. Like, you know, she's like, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And hmm. I'm just like, mom, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but, That's um, so interesting. But, but yeah. So, like, I think, um, you know, then my story just continues as me being Mr. Nerdman and then like getting But
0: but can I let's okay. let's park right here for a okay, second. Mr. Nerdman. Yes. As a child was did you have it as your explicit conscious or subconscious goal to quote make it out? Like what what did that mean to you as a child? Like explain your try and explain your thinking from that yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like make it out was a phrase that did exist in my consciousness. I feel like mm-hmm. in some way. And what and did that,
0: that mean to you?
1: It meant, like, it's interesting. Yeah, it's almost like it's like I knew that that was the goal. I don't know exactly what it meant, other than like, don't be here. Like, be in a like that. There exists a way of life that doesn't feel this lurchy and that has I mean it's be on the other side I guess like be the ones who vacation on the Cape like to dream of getting to a point where you don't you don't clean up after them like you don't mm. I I don't know like I, Meaning, I guess like I'm, can, yeah, can yeah. I
0: help can, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. walk with me
1: here. I'm, I'm walking I'm walking
0: or we'll walk together here I'm like mm. did getting out do you think that as a as a child as a youngster, getting out quote unquote to you meant stability yes comfort
1: stability comfort leisure leisure yeah exactly did it
0: mean happiness a happiness that you weren't able to experience in in your current kind of like
1: yeah like a happiness that comes from the absence of of stress Mm -hmm. like that that was the happiness that i I feel like it's like it's not like we didn't we weren't Happy you're like, you know, right, you know, right. You know, right you could smile this, yeah, yeah. even yeah, in April when things were right, super tight, right right, right, exactly, like you know we're we're just doing doing our due, but that like the thing, yeah, was just to not have to worry about what April's gonna feel like, gotcha, like, so you're
0: getting out meant to you, like one way of saying that is getting out meant like at any point in the year, I am free of worry about how i'm going to get through this point
1: right right okay exactly that's understandable exactly hmm. and i'm not the one putting the team on my back here i'm just sure. child vibing and i feel like it's almost like i'm holding my breath i'm going over here i can feel that this mm-hmm. is a stressful time mm-hmm. i'm gonna just be in my room with right. my book and right. like you know what that's cool all right okay you know what we we just try and weather this and right, not be as right. visible and not add to right. the stress Cream tuna fish. That was a that was a good a good dinner that just like What is came. cream tuna fish? It's just uh you know like tuna fish salad? Yeah, yeah. Kind of oh, like we got tuna in a can mm-hmm. and then I think you just add like some milk or some shit to it and put it over bread. Oh, and it was okay. just like bird up. Like okay. April tastes like cream tuna fish. And huh. like
0: was an Is odd. that why you're so into food now?
1: I think that was something that like when I get the when I got to college I realized just how not varied my food experience growing up was both because like you know we're not you know both because we're not we're not going out to dinner very much Like, yeah. if we do there's like the local pizza spot yeah. or something like that like you know most of the cuisine was a lot of spaghetti and meatballs like yeah. we got a lot of that kind of shit and um and very little like diversity around the area like that's the other thing you know this is Waspy New England. Like sure. this is a really pretty homogeneous like community and there's very little just diversity in the food that was available. Mm-hmm in restaurants and like you know seafood was there sure ironically uh i like hated seafood growing up i was like fish this is gross i don't get it and then like i don't like now i love fish it's great but like i think i just like had no concept at the time even that like this was the desirable thing that people love to come here and get the fresh seafood and i'm like well jesus i don't i'm not so (laughs) sure about that not that we were necessarily like you know vibing on lobster all the time unless my mom was wheeling and dealing trading with the fishermen and shit like that being like oh we got a bunch of extra life jackets over here Hmm. if you want some extra life jackets that we don't needle trade you for like you know a couple couple pounds of lobster over wow. there or something like that or like mm. a peck basket of oysters and like mm. you know that was some funky stuff we got into sure. at some different point. I have no idea what the original thread of what we were currently talking about was but your food uh, you like oh your yeah the food. food yeah that was it um <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I guess a little aside is that now I absolutely love food and mm-hmm. just exploring all this different food that I never knew existed. Mm. Like I had never had Indian food until I went to college. Mm. And like, that was wild. That was so exciting. <laughs> like, I was just like, Holy fucking spices. God damn. <laughs> like, this is some other shit. Like, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and wow.
1: I don't know. And just like, uh,
0: go spices. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's um, so funny because it's so true. Yeah. Usps and don't so, do spice. They just <clears throat> don't. They do not. They just <laughs> do
1: not. Um and so that was uh Yeah, mind boggling. And now <laughs> I just keep keep you know, it's just a thing
0: that You've I You've been turned out. Yes, I've been turned out. Okay. Yes,
1: exactly. Um and uh
0: What was your understanding as a child of your parents' dream? for you or aspirations for you. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: mm. yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I think, a lot of verbal like, you know, you do whatever you want. It's all great. Like there's definitely a lot of this I felt at least I internalized pressure to make use of this nerd situation. Mm. Whatever. Like, I don't know. Like Yes, like I had an aptitude for math, and I could feel or I internalized pressure to pursue that as the thing that would make my parents proud, given that they did not seemingly have access to like a career path that was i don't know like like knowledge work this like, like a, white color order, yeah, yeah like professional mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that uh that these were aspects of a different class that Mm -hmm. one could you know one one could maybe i feel it as uh i feel it most profoundly when i was like 16 or something and started smoking weed Mm -hmm. um like i got in some fights with my mom about this when it when it comes out at one point and i think that was when i really felt that because she was so worried that I was going to throw it away. Mm. That it was like, I have this chance mm-hmm. to go study and end up in a different position, uh-huh. but that, that that you know, if I just start being a freaking stoner-ass motherfucker, that <laughs> sure. I might just, like, blow it all right. and then end up in the exact same position and just mm. be like... And, like, I think... I don't know. Like, I you know, I don't want to freaking uh, psychoanalyze my mom, but I imagine there's some fear that, like, you know, like, she could have also had like some shot same for my dad like mm-hmm. oh like maybe and and it was getting into the restaurant business or mm-hmm. whatever and kind of like you know the fun nightlife vibe that you can do and make some money at at the time that that, that this is all going to pull you away and miss your shot at going somewhere else Do you else.
0: think that was your parents' story? I mean not not that you can speak for them and mm-hmm. not that you have to mm-hmm. but do you think that was your your parents' story, story for either or both of them that like we there we could we got to a fork in the road because you know we had a particular talent or aptitude or interest that had we fill in the blank, had we pursued it more doggedly, had we been encouraged more, had we had the resources to more, I could be looking at a different life, or like, but or I start, and I'm not trying to say this, your parents did this, but, you know, but I got kind of into, you know, nightlife, and you know, having fun, and not super serious about things, and and this is why we've ended up here, like, do you think that that's part of their story?
1: I think something like that, (laughs) like, I don't, I definitely think that that is a at least in the same thematic realm, sure. you know? Sure. And, like, I think that, you know, like, my mom got an associate's degree in, like, graphic design. Mm. So I think that there was, like, an idea there that she was maybe going to go in, you know, in, in that that's a thing that has, like, professional... cachet. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, like, similarly, like, my dad was, um, you know, he, uh, the whole, whole thing is, like, his dad made him go to the Air Force Academy uh-huh. because he got in. And my dad just wanted to... You know, just, he just wanted to be a journalist. He wanted huh. to go to Penn State and be a journalist huh. and write about sports. He loved sports. He uh-huh. was also really good at math. Could, like, keep all of these fucking sports stats head yeah, head and yeah, shit yeah. like that. And that's what he wanted to do. His dad uh-huh. was like, no, you're going to the Air Force oh. Academy because they'll pay for it for you and it's prestigious. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, and my dad was like, fucking that's stupid as hell. But he did. But it. he had – yeah, he did because mm-hmm. that was what he did. And then he – uh you know his his favorite line is uh hardest thing he ever did was get kicked out of the air force academy mm. um be, and did before the two years when he would be you know like required to go sure. in and do the service or whatever and um so that was like the initial just kind of like totally derailing this whole situation and starting mm-hmm. off on the wrong thing then he like tried to go back to school at ohio state for a hot second mm-hmm. um and like again like was like pursuing journalism wanted to do that but was, you know, started bartending mm-hmm. to kind of help pay through, you know, pay for that and all, you know, whatever the, 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 the and yeah. And then just kind of ended up on that path sure. and like, you know, stopped doing the college thing. It was a pain in the ass. There was all kinds of different just like little institutional gripes that he ran into where sure. like you want to do this Spanish class. And then they were like, well, it turns out two thirds of the way through the semester, you don't have the prerequisites, So you're not going to get any credit for yeah, this, even ex- though you're doing fine sure, here. Sure, and he was sure. like, this is bullshit. I hate the man. Yeah. And I am instead going to be a bartender and I got my sports trivia and that makes me good tips. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, he vibed that. And then 40 years later, we're, this is where we're at. Mm. And like, um, and so I think, you know, there's at least some sense that there was a fork at one point point, yeah. and there w- they, they took the fork that didn't go, you know, in that like, you know, I will also one day run into this fork and that hmm. there's a chance that I could go the other side of the fork and that that would lead to some sort of a, I don't know, better life in some sense. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like all kind of feels like cliche and abstract. 2008 like
0: the crash uh, the great Mm. recession how did you understand that time what was that like for you and how did it shape you
1: 2008 was much more significant than 2001 like that is like 9-11 like was less the defining event sure like you know public collective consciousness event was 2008 and Mm -hmm. i think that that
0: how old were you at that
1: point I was thirteen. Okay, so um, you
0: were you were a t- a very early teenager during that time. Yeah, and
1: uh-huh. I think that that was sort of my political awakening at that moment. Like it was suddenly like just seeing like seeing the dots connect in a, a little bit. Tell like, me what you mean by that. Where I could see, oh shit, there's some stuff on the news about this. You know, like oh, like I guess seeing like oh. Our neighbors down the road just had to leave because their house was foreclosed on, mm-hmm. and our we are hurting now a lot more. And our business did not do well because people vacationed less. And mm-hmm. there's this thing called the stock market that people seem to care about. It's not doing great, mm-hmm. but I have no idea. like I could give two shits. It just seems <laughs> like it seems like somehow this nonsense over here is really is actually affecting us mm-hmm. and i'm just sort of like how in the right hell does that you know happen and just like you know like that to see too like the next year the people they, they keep coming back and they're still vacation like that the impact for the people that we depended on was that they took a little bit of a break from mm-hmm. their vacation and the impact on us mm-hmm. was that like we are scrambling. Wow. And like, I think that that was really, I don't know, you know, it echoes here right now. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like here is a economic crisis hmm. that the the owners, or not not even the, that, you, you know, I guess there, there's a whole nother point about like, you know, the differences in the class distinctions here where there's like, surely there's tons of variation within the 99% yeah. here. Yeah. But, um, and so like, I guess in this case, I'm talking more about the, you know, the the ones that we were encountering were probably more just like the, the upper middle class um, mm. rather than like the owners. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, just to just to see the way in which this event affected everyone but us worse, mm-hmm. and just like that. Like, feeling the lack of the cushion underneath, feeling mm. that, like, damn, it looks like some hooligans out there were wilding out on some <laughs> fucking dumb shit. <laughs> and, like, and now, like, we are not having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just sort of like, <laughs> hooligans. yeah, like, you know, freaking, you know, give me some... F- could you do d- d- collateralized debt obligation, whatever yeah. the hell that you know give me some nonsense stock mumbo jumbo yeah. and you know it turns out you fucked it and now like you know then you see that they, they get bailed out yeah like, great like i don't know like did I'd you have like, did you understand that though at 13 not entirely, but that's when I started to put it together. Like, that's when I started to look at it and be like, wait a second, this is fucked right up. Hmm. Like, I think, like, I had no sense of any of this, like, more macro sure. sort of things or even really a great understanding of class or there was such stark inequality as a structural phenomenon mm like beyond what my personal experience was knowing that there's the people who go back to Connecticut in the winter and then there's the ones that are us. Yeah. And so um, it's not,
0: so is it, am I understanding you correctly that you didn't necessarily understand all of the wonky specifics, Mm. but you knew generally like that this shit is fucked up. Something's, something's really
1: wrong and it's fucked up. Right. Mm -hmm. And like putting together that like, there is wonky mumbo jumbo that has absolutely nothing to do with us. Like, mm, but and, it's still coming to it's affect-, it's still affect-, affect us. affecting uh-huh. us. I see. And like, just sort of being like, like, just starting to see this shit that it's like, we why are we here right now? Like, mm. What was it that caused this? Mm. And just be like, what in the hell? Like, right. And then just kind of starting to radicalize myself via books and just trying to be like, let me understand what on earth is going on here. The word communist entered like, you know, my vocabulary <laughs> sure. and I sought the manifesto. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I, I feel like beginning uh, as a, as a contrarian mm-hmm. and ending as a comrade mm-hmm. and like, just sort of like maybe less the reading of any one individual thing, but mm-hmm. more of a change in my perspective when consuming the information that I did consume. I you. Like, you know, in school we read about feudalism and shit like this. And I'm just starting to sort of like, draw connections there where i'm just sort of like hmm that is an interesting system that Mm. we seem to have all collectively agreed is whack as hell (laughs) and yet Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's it sounds familiar Mm. and like i'm not sure like huh that's (laughs) curious Mm -hmm. and just like you know and then just having this really abstract idea that like, well, it seems like these people over here are pitching this idea that there could be a society where we're all just vibing. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and I'm just sort of like, you know, again, like I have no, no, like, you know, I'm not at this point, not well versed in theory in sure, any sure. kind of way. I'm not really like seeing how it all comes together, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to believe that there is a world that could be that people uh, talk about this thing mm-hmm. where, where it's not like this. Mm. And that's cool. Mm. And yet we seem to insist uh, that we should, that this other thing is better. I mean, maybe it was like growing to hate them. Like mm. It was like hate or resent or resent, both. Resent, resent, resent. You're right. Uh, no, 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 mean, no, like, no, no, no. We can no, use the H no, word no, 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 if no, that's no, no, appropriate. No, you're right. I mean, I, I guess now, like I have matured to the point of resentment, okay. maybe hated them for a bit. Sure. Like, that's fine. yeah. Like, you know, there's definitely some 16 year old anger when it really starts to kind of come together that like, wow, there's fucking, like... Right. We went know, through some bullshit. That is, yeah, that it is... That it is literally at our expense mm-hmm. that this is possible. Ah. That like... And, like, you know, and just slowly starting to put together that it is the extraction of the value mm. that the workers are providing mm-hmm. that lets this happen. Mm. And just sort of being, like, is it really, like, you know, okay, this, this idea of grinding out and getting to being rich, does that just mean that you figure out how to extract the value from other people that you stop having your value extracted and you become an extractor Mm. and like i was just sort of like that doesn't seem great Mm -hmm. like i don't like this zero-sum mentality Mm. where like you know if if you want you gotta get it like you know that that we're all fighting each other Mm -hmm. for this limited chance to actually be vibing Mm -hmm. and that you know in fact this is the only way to do it cuz there's not enough vibes for everybody mm-hmm. and so you got to you got to fight for your vibe mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know
0: we're going to i want everyone to control f um yeah. <laughs> vibe for resource that's listening to this but go yeah, ahead i like vibing go no ahead doubt, mm-hmm. vibing vibing um uh but you did, was it at that point did you post 20 to post 2008 mm-hmm. through like this nascent sort of political awakening that you were having in your teens as a result. Mm-hmm. At that point, did you completely cease the desire to become the people you had to serve for your for your survival? Or, or was there just a tension around
1: that? Mm, I think it was just tension. And mm-hmm. actually, so the thing is, at this point, I actually think I was rejecting the idea of pursuing like, a professional career. Really? And that I wanted to be a scientist. Okay. Like, I I think I was just sort of like, I like my math, but actually I don't buy into this grind, and I want to just do something that I think is good Mm -hmm. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And, like, that, like, you know, people keep telling me that I can make a lot of money like, doing my math or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. like, that's I just want to do something that I feel good about Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that I can survive on. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember... Like, you know, making a, I, I think I made some ridiculous statement at some point, maybe it was like senior year of high school or something when I was just like, I would take a deal right now where somebody said like, I would be guaranteed to have housing forever that I would just work and do research forever. Like, mm. Or maybe this was actually in freshman year of college, I mm-hmm. think, like it started to look at some flies under microscopes and shit and be mm-hmm. like, ooh, shit, this is, <laughs> this is cool. And just sort of like, but also then coming to realize like, wait a second, actually just going to research also is a fucking grind yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot of work and not that much money Mm -hmm. and kind of again realizing that the types of people who have access to doing these things which don't pay that much often are people who already have the money and like and maybe we're getting to this point too is like you know i feel like in college this accelerates a lot Mm -hmm. like my understanding of this difference Mm. and like um
0: were you the only person from your area that got into an Ivy?
1: No, no. So actually, it was interesting. Our year had uh, a couple, which was like a big surprise. Mm. Um, like uh, it was, you know, just me and and, and two people from my class uh, went to Harvard, and that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And yeah, and that was like that not super heard of for. Where else did you apply? Um, that was actually the only place because I applied early and I got Shut in. Shut the
0: fuck up! You only applied to one college, which was Princeton, and you got in. You didn't apply to like Matt
1: like. Well, and- I would have. I would like that was the. So here is the deal. Uh, well, one applying early. Like meant like you know that it was this was like early decision sort of situation. It's like yeah,
0: but that's like, but it's early decision. You know, in 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 one of the ivoryest of right, ivory towers. True. Uh-huh. So like
1: I have you know my apps prepped for everywhere else. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like you know it's not like I'm here like just being like yeah this is my only move. But like <laughs> but there was this sense too like here's this other feeling that's going on the whole time is like I've got two two options here. Mm-hmm. Either I get into an Ivy that has enough financial aid that I can, that they can in fact make it so that I don't have like massive loans to go there. Mm -hmm. Or I go to my state school where I can get great scholarships Mm -hmm. that like I was, you know, like that there's this whole grind or whatever leading up to trying to get into a good college that would again be the next ticket to the next thing. And like, you know, build that fake ass stack of pedigree shit that lets (laughs) you do the rest (laughs) of the shit. Sure, Um, uh, and that, there was a massive chance that i could like theoretically have an opportunity but not be able to afford it mm-hmm. that like and like you know that there are a number of amazing colleges but a very small number that give you all the financial aid you need mm-hmm. and so i think like that was kind of the the thing that was in my head there was like i either get this mm-hmm. or i don't and who, like
0: who who were your parents able to shepherd you through this period and strategy, mm, who helped you with this
1: this was this was mostly just my my own move, I think like, like it your was own like, research and yeah, kind of yeah, like I was the like you know it was like throughout all of high school, I feel like I had been like you know again, like this is the sort of thing that's in the back of my mind that like okay, I gotta. This is the, this is the thing. Uh-huh. This is what I'm working for. And uh-huh. so I'm like researching colleges and shit like that and being like, okay, wow, there are like, you know, these few have financially actually like, you know, one of the big things that pointed me to Princeton as the place to look was they had the single best financial aid that uh-huh. was available. And it was like. For low income students. Yes. Yeah. And so and it was you like. you qualified. Yeah. Okay. Like were I to get in, I would have like the whole, like they would cover everything uh-huh. essentially. and oh, like. Wow. And so that was the, the dream was mm-hmm. like if I can get this, it's going to it'll it'll happen, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was like that was the that was the Hail Mary shot, sure. I think. What
0: well, did you get into Princeton on a combo of grades and test scores, or just one outweigh the other, or was it both?
1: Uh I mean I think it was like I think my grades were solid, my test scores were solid. I think the thing that if I had to guess, the thing that didn't was that I was like doing all this math on the side and sent in, like, this, like, packet of all my math shit oh, that I, I like, you. mailed them and was like, hey, I do math. You <laughs> think that that's cool? And, like, uh-huh. I think – I mean, like, that's what I imagine because I don't think, like, my test scores or other shit was good. But, like, you know, my, my application probably got read after lunch and people were feeling jazzed and they <laughs> gave me a shot. Like, you know, like, it was, like, Sorry. you know, the whole, like, I don't credit – like, hard work may be necessary, but it's certainly not sufficient. And clearly it's also sometimes depending on where you're born, not necessary. So it's like, it's, you know, it's almost like it's largely orthogonal here. Um, and, but all that is to say that like won the lottery here, like it happened. And I just remember too, like the, that moment is seared into my head. Like my, you know, my parents have been divorced for like 13 years at that point. And like my, my dad, like came over to my mom's house that afternoon when we knew the decisions were coming out like mm-hmm. we had a an exchange student from Brazil was staying with us mm-hmm. because like you know also great way to supplement income a yeah. little bit hosting an exchange student yeah. a nice little situation there and like we were all sitting around the couch my sister uh my parents and our exchange student and like we opened that shit and just it was and we just freaked out like jubilation at, yeah How happy like were it was your just parents? like Crying, sure. like everybody was just crying, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm like almost tearing up thinking about yeah, it because yeah, yeah. it's just like, I don't know, it's ridiculous. Like I'm almost angry. No, too, no, it's not. Back. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Don't no, do
0: that. Don't do that.
1: Well, no, 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 not not angry at any of the moment, but angry at how profound that was. You know, angry at the world that makes it that profound. Hmm. Angry at the fact Help that. Us. There could be so much tied up in this like I fairly arbitrary see. you know s- thing That's where great. it's like you know yeah and and that it was upon you know leaving and getting there that I just felt what it it was like you know like a like i don't want to say class transition in that moment, but like sort of but like that of. yeah like yeah. at the very least i became i transitioned to living among a different yeah. set of people mm-hmm. and like like i felt like i almost immediately felt guilt like no at, the, same at time. the time yeah like in that like it was this like oh my god this actually does mean i'm gonna like it, it, it almost felt like it was like now i'm going to the other side almost which was like so we like And it's just like, I don't know, it's like interesting now to like Mm. to even just try to unpack this live right here is that it feels like, um, you know, that that was a a part of it, that like almost internalizing this like righteous struggle Uh so much. uh And then to achieve this thing, which was such an indicator of what I had, you know, been coming to understand is a different class, Mm -hmm. like it felt like it was this weird thing where it's like the whole goal this whole time is to get here. And Mm. now to be here is to leave behind
0: Mm. what I'm
1: Mm -hmm. And like, and I feel like that's a conflict that I've like, it's, it's, it's it's dissonance, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it's dissonance that I held onto and still hold on to. And like, you know, and and like there's, it's, there's so many layers of this strange guilt too, where it's like, I am guilt. I feel guilty that, you know, that, I got lucky to to have had things play out in this way, Mm -hmm. and and get to feel like I have agency in Mm -hmm. it. That I am doing something for myself. Mm -hmm. That like you know that there's this coexistence of the fact that I'm I am lucky to be in a position where I feel like there is a correlation between what I am working for and Mm -hmm. what I am getting. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and that like. And then it's almost like this meta guilt over feeling guilty about it. That yeah, it's like yeah, again, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. shut up and appreciate it, man. Like no, but it's, it's yeah. not easy. Yeah, yeah and yeah. like I don't know. It's a it's especially just like with just general. I feel like I have a pattern of just like this very meta cognitive thought, constantly mm-hmm. thinking about how I'm thinking about things and mm-hmm. thinking about that I like to think about that I'm thinking about <laughs> things, and then like you know, and then it just really manifests in this too, where I'm just sort of like, oh shit, well I'm feel weird about that. Well, I don't even feel weird about feeling weird about it. And mm-hmm. then I feel weird about trying to talk to people about the fact that I feel weird mm-hmm. about this because it's a strange, you know, it's like I feel self-conscious to bring this up as my conflict because of the fact that, again, like one of the literal results here is that this financial anxiety subsided. Mm-hmm.
0: So how does young Rob fare at Princeton and beyond? Surely that's what you're asking yourself. (laughs) Well, tune in for part two, where we learn more about his journey from Princeton to unionized tech worker.